Hello, friends, and welcome to Is Training the Answer, a podcast about finding the answer to LD's most frequently asked question. In this episode, we interview Stephanie Zarabian, a digital sales enablement leader and host of the Digital Adopter series. Together, we discuss the value of digital adoption platforms, how digital adoption efforts differ from training, and how to make the case for digital adoption tools and processes at your organization. Let's take a quick break and then get right into the interview. Stephanie, thank you for joining us today. We're really excited to have you on the call. Thank you so much for having me. You know, the role of a digital adoption professional is just a relatively new field. Can you give us an idea of what you do? What is a digital adoption platform? And then maybe how this differs from what training does? Absolutely. So a digital adoption platform is basically integrated into any platform, any system, even any workstation, and can sit on a desktop, it can sit on a mobile device. And it's truly just an overlay where you can create content, you can create training, support, uh, field validation, and little tips that sit on the screen and support a user through any process. So it can really help users at the point of need to just drive the right behavior and to help a user become a power user from the very first instance. Um, in answer to your question, what, how is a digital adoption different than a traditional training professional? Where digital adoption differs is that while a training and development person or an instructional designer might create an e-learning course or something that's housed in an LMS, what a digital adoption professional does is really looks at a user's day-to-day job and really defines what they can do better in a new system or how this pain point that management is having or this you know gap in usage or gap in adoption of a platform can be helped and supported with um, guidance right on the screen with digital adoption we can literally view you know real-time data so as a user is following instruction and guidance on the screen we're getting all that data and feedback on our back end in the analytics platform to see okay are they successful? Are they meeting the goal we set out to do? Are they following the guidance or are they way off track and do we need to provide more support? It's just very cool that last point that you're able to adapt in real time. I think that's something that learning professionals would love to be able to do is to actually see the results, the business results of the training that you've done in real time to see the impact and to see where there are challenges. Since you mentioned that the role of digital adoption should really be outside of training and tied directly to the business. So can you help me understand, like, how does that help to achieve adoption outcomes? I think, um, and I don't want anyone to think that I don't find incredible value in a traditional training team and a traditional learning and development team. But where, why I think digital adoption should sit not so much higher than training, but just kind of at a sooner than traditional training. And I think that with digital adoption, and especially a digital adoption professional, being involved at the stages of system and process design and understanding why you chose the tools that you did and why you chose Salesforce over a different platform or why you chose, you know, Greenhouse or work day over a different platform, them getting that information faster can also help you with your pre-implementation. It can help you know what to target on day one. 
what to really support um, long before you go live with a system or long before you go live with a new initiative or, um, or strategy. And training, in at least in roles where I've been in, I feel like training is really kind of brought in when there's a need or when there's a huge pain point. And it's, it's gotten so bad that people can't ignore it. <laughs> and so that's when they call training and they fill out an intake request and, and trainers get on a call with the person making the request. But if digital adoption has the seat more at the strategic table, then we can catch those pain points before they become pain points. So I think that there's a huge value in bringing digital adoption in sooner to really understand the strategy at a much higher level than just, unfortunately, the three to four learning objectives um, of a training that a, a training team or learning and development team might um, be able to gather from working with a subject matter expert that's making the request. Yeah, I agree. I'd actually prefer to be brought in earlier as an L&D professional and to understand the answer to those questions. Where do you think training fits into that new model then? I think that digital adoption professionals have a lot of skills and come from a variety of different ways. But I think that learning and development teams have such an incredible aptitude for creating content. Um, and a they just, they write better. Everything sounds better when a real professional does that. And I think that digital adoption is a tool, but a tool is only as good as the strategy behind it. A tool is only as good as the content you're putting up on the screen. So I think that while a digital adoption professional is the one, you know, kind of engineering solutions and understanding how things fit within a platform and where to put content on the screen to support, I think that really collaborating very strongly with these incredible experts in training, learning and development who are expert storytellers who just have better grammar than <laughs> I do for sure. Um, but just really using them to have engaging training. So really understanding mm -hmm. what can resonate with learners and how people learn best using really leaning into their expertise. So a digital adoption professional can work and focus more on the tool and the evaluation and understanding the data and analytics portion. When do you think then digital adoption efforts are not the most effective? Oh, I think there's so many reasons. And I'm, if I'm uh -huh. saying that, then you can take that to the bank. Um, but I want to start that by saying, I think that any organization should have a digital adoption platform. However, the more I learn about business outcomes and really supporting business outcomes, as opposed to supporting ad hoc requests that come in, there's, you know, the knowledge requirement. What do they need to know? And that, again, goes back to the content. You know, we need to create content that we could actually put in front of people and help them, you know, with any knowledge gap so that they can be the best person in their role that they could be. And I think that that's really best supported by these instructional design experts and these content experts. And we're very outcome focused in learning and development also. So I know what learning and development can focus on in terms of KPIs and outcomes and, and tracking and data. You know, what types of KPIs and measurements do you typically track? So I think when I started to become successful and when I started to see real success and organizational growth, it really only came once I started working with these strategy teams. Once I sat down with people managers and said, when does your team get paid? They say, our team gets paid when they have a sales qualified opportunity and they have a discovery meeting. I said, okay, that's, that is my goal. I am not successful mm -hmm. as an individual until they reach that goal. Um, instead of me defining my success by my output, I had to start defining my success as their outcome. 
and how many outcomes were reached. We've heard a lot of the benefits of um, digital adoption. I am all for it now. How do you think learning development professionals can make the case or pitch it to senior leaders as something different than learning and development so that it, we can show value in it and maybe bring somebody on that's familiar or, an, in your case, an expert in the field? I think, and this is all information that I've honestly gained just pretty recently, probably over the past 18 months since COVID hit. I created really strong cases by saying, look, are we getting business value out of this platform? Is this just an expensive phone book or are we really prospecting in this platform? And I said, I can help you reach that business value. I can get that business value for your team by getting users to do what they need to do to get the business value out of that platform. And I don't know if that really speaks so much to learning and development, but it definitely speaks to the people who are requesting training. So if I go to learning and development and I say, hey, guess what? Anything in the tech stack, I gotcha. You don't have to touch it. Um, you just worry about teaching about and training about product and, and social selling. But if I can go to those teams and say, guess what? Salesforce is off your table. I might call you for a, a video here and there, but you just focus on all of those soft skills and leave me with the technical dependencies. I think that that's when people start to say, oh, I think we like Stephanie. Instead of being like, why is she here? Did someone, did she sneak into this call again? Um, I think that that's when I really started getting, getting buy-in from you know, both requesters as well as individuals who had historically been and traditionally been taking those intake requests. One of the things that I get when I say, hey, let's implement a digital adoption platform is, why should I buy a system? Why should I pay for a system that's gonna sit on top of another system that I just paid for? Shouldn't the system I just paid for be easy to use? And shouldn't we just buy tools that are easy to use versus now buying two tools and more people? You know- Have you heard that before? I've heard that a few times, I have to say. Um, you know, I wish that, you know, I rode to work on a unicorn too. I don't know what to say. Like, I wish that systems were easy <laughs> enough where we didn't have to. And I think that honestly, mm -hmm. I, have, I have been at an implementation of Salesforce where it's beautiful mm -hmm. and it's clean. And I'm like, oh my goodness, there's only seven tabs. Someone could use this. Software can start very simple, but it's much more complicated than you think. And unfortunately, I think that it's only gonna get worse. Um, I understand that companies are doing their best to make things intuitive, but unfortunately, companies are just bringing on more and more technology every single day. Anybody with a card can purchase a software. Anyone with a company card can get a subscription-based software and try and implement it for their team. So these, the, the amount of technology that anyone is using on a daily basis is only gonna keep growing, no matter how easy it is. And they're doing different things on each platform. So my argument there would be to say, sure, but do you want people to actually use it the right way um, from day one? And do you want them to sit in on a three hour training to learn how to use it? Or do you want something to just pop up on the screen and tell them where to go when they get there? It's really your choice. We spend so much time trying to replicate the interface so that we can train somebody on it and then have them go to the interface to do it. When in reality, 
you can just train them in the interface and say like, okay, great. Here, you've done it. You've done it in the prod environment. Now, like, continue to do that. I think you just really said it. I think that that's really the biggest benefit is that no matter how engaging and, and incredible my video trainings were, which they were, um, I, I love my videos. I'm not going to go back. I, like, I will, I will die on that hill. My training was amazing. My videos, I was like dancing. I had a little character of myself from beyond. I was dancing on the screen. They were entertaining, okay? But there was zero guarantee after they watched that video that they could do it in the platform, period. And as engaging, as fun, and as, as, as many people as who completed that training and who did that video and who answered the five questions at the end, I could not guarantee that they would do that same thing once they got to that four hours later at their desk. And, you know, WalkMe or a digital adoption platform can provide the perfect information at the right time for them to customize this template. And I think that, you know, if you think about learning, um, not so much as an event, because I feel like training's an event, but learning is a process. What can we learn from our colleagues in the digital adoption field? I think creating content that is very specifically role-based and having understanding that that will find, that will, users will see value only in what they find value in. One great thing about um, a digital adoption platform is that we really can see user behavior on the screen. We can see that, I could see that those SDRs did not want to tag an AE. Why didn't they want to tag an AE? Because they didn't want um, to be held accountable when that account canceled um, and didn't hop on the call and they didn't want to look like a loser in front of an account executive. So uh, digital adoption gives you this insight into users that's absolutely incredible. And I think that that's a really great thing to show and to look and say, you know what, they're not getting value out of this. How about we cut this platform? Or how about we just completely change this process because they're not using it and they don't, it looks like they don't need to because there's no gaps in their performance. So we ask all our guests this question, um, you know, to kind of close things up. What is something that you want to recommend to our listeners? It could be anything. It could be a book, movie you recently saw, TV, you're kind of binging right now, whatever you want. I... This sounds a little silly, and I even put in my notes, like, oh, say this as a joke, but I really, truly feel this way, um, is to go see Encanto, the new Disney movie. Have you seen it? I did. No, I but I want to. Sunday. Oh, yes. okay, please go see it. It's absolutely incredible. And why that spoke to me, mainly because I'm a middle child, and, like, my older brothers are doctors, <laughs> and, like, my older sister was, like, the perfect pretty one. But I think that it really spoke to me just because you know, there's an individual, there's several individuals in the movie who think, you know, they, they come to a realization, they think, oh, I can do this, but what else can I do? And there's even a song where somebody says, oh, I made something completely different than what I thought was perfect, but it's still incredible. And I think that as instructional designers and as individuals who are involved in talent development, helping people understand that while they may not be special or, you know, an advanced person in the way that their coworker is, they still have incredible skills that can lead them to their own individual outcomes and even lead them in different career projections and different um, career trajectories, sorry, because they have very special skills and leaning into those. And I found that any success I've had in my life has been because 
not because I'm special in any sort of way in particular, but because I've taken different avenues. And I realized that while, you know, not being so focused on the things I can't do and the things I'm not good at, but finding things that I just kind of do well and leaning into those. Um, so I recommend that for, you know, individuals as a talent development professional themselves and as individuals trying to, you know, encourage and support the talent in their own organization. I think that it's absolutely incredible movie. I cried the entire way through it. Um, I want to go live in Colombia in the jungle now um, and have a big family in my house. Um, that's just my dream, but highly, highly recommend that to everybody. Awesome. Well, uh, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. This is an excellent conversation, really learned a ton. So thank you for joining us. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Okay, we're going to pause for a moment and reflect on what we learned and how to apply these insights. We'll be back momentarily with our thoughts. All right, we're back. So I think that my takeaway from Stephanie is really around learning why the organization is implementing a system. I think understanding the reasoning that an organization has decided or your organization has decided to implement something like Salesforce or a different tool can really help you to understand how to best support it as a learning professional. I also think that when we're defining success, we should be defining it from the learner's point of view, right? And I think that's pretty standard from instructional design, but I really liked her approach there. And I really appreciated how she was able to just kind of confidently say, I'm gonna help you make more sales. If you wanna make more sales, I can help you do that as a digital adoption professional. And I think we can do that as well on the learning side. How are we going to get users to do what they need to do in order to get value out of this platform? And that's, I think, really when you start to get buy-in, that's when you become a partner. So what I would really take away from Stephanie is to be courageous because I just love the way that she talks about what she does, her role, the benefits of digital adoption, the tools that she uses and how she can impact an organization. And I think we should have the same confidence on the L&D side when we're talking to stakeholders and we're supporting them. I just felt like it was a, a really great perspective and uh, I would really like to implement a DAP for sure because it feels like uh, just a great opportunity. What totally. about you, Rory? Yeah. yeah, on that last point. So for me, my biggest takeaway here really is one, understanding the scope and world of digital adoption and being a learning and development professional, not shying away from being a proponent and advocate for digital adoption within the organization. Just kind of knowing what it does and recognizing how it could help the organization succeed from a multitude of areas but from my viewpoint, that it can help learning and development focus on other bigger initiatives outside of product training and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so for me, 
that's my biggest takeaway. I'll tell you, you know, I'm going to have conversations with our sales enablement team and let them know, hey, if, if this is something you're interested in, digital adoption, any of these products, you know, let me know. I'm an advocate. I'm, I'm here to help implement them because I, I think it does fit very well into uh, a cohesive work environment with learning and development. I agree. I feel like there's plenty of room to go around, whether digital adoption sits inside the L&D org or sits outside of the L&D org. I feel like there's tons of opportunity there and they really can just bring a ton of value to the organization. So yeah, I'm right I mean, there with you. This is, this is one of those things for me where I don't see a problem with the granularity of this role. You know, I know sometimes people say, oh, well, that's just L&D or this person can just do it anyway. I'm all for separate role, separate department, or even um, a singular person, no matter where they fit. But but this is what they do. They they assist with digital adoption and and I'm all for it. All right, that'll wrap up this episode. Love to understand or hear your thoughts. What did you take away? Feel free to email us your thoughts at istrainingtheanswer at gmail.com. Be on the lookout for our next episode wherever you get your podcasts. As always, you can learn more and contact us on our website at istrainingtheanswer.com. I'm John Parcell. I'm Rory Sachs. Thanks for listening.